I brought intern Jack in, the pride of Oregon State. He is a analytics, math expert, guru, a resident Rain Man. Am I doing you a service there? Yeah, that sounds about right. Rain Man. Where did you? Let, let's go back to like your interest in math. As as uh, where did you? When did you know you were good at it? Um, pretty much when I was in middle school and high school, I really just was. It came to me easy, and I just I picked it as my major because I was good at it, and I see the career opportunities in math. Huge opportunities, and I'm not I'm not one of these people. I always struggled with math. It was like a foreign language to me. Yeah, a lot of people hate it if yep. they don't get it. It's either you hate it or you like it, pretty much. Like when you say don't get it, I understand that because a lot of times I'd be in my math class and I would really be, uh, the questions I would have were not about the problems on the board. The questions were always, why do I need to know this? Why do I need that algebraic equation? Why do I need to know that Pythagorean theorem? Where am I going to use that in my life? Yeah. But you were just absorbing it. Yeah, I just get it pretty easily and uh, just have that type of brain, I guess. Yeah. Looking at the rest of us like we're idiots, eh, more or less. Yeah. All right. Intern Jack is here. Uh, before he heads back to school at Oregon State, you excited about that? I am. You going to go to the football game, the Stanford game? I am going to the Stanford game. It's going to be fun. I think that's going to be a huge turnout. I think there could be an upset there. I think the could be. Could... I need to see yeah. a little more follow-through from Oregon State, but I, I am picking them to win that game. I'm a little nervous for them, though. Um, they are also, uh, the students will show up for that game. Yeah, I think so. It's the first, we don't even start school till the 25th. The game's on the 28th. So yeah. a lot more Ooh. students should be down there. That's going to be game. electric. Yep. Beaver Nation will be there uh, for that game. All right, so at the beginning of the summer, we put you on an analytics project. And I, by we, I mean you and I just kind of talked a little bit about your interest level. We talked about college football. Um, you've also spent some time talking to Dave Bartu, the college football matrix, who's an analytics guy. What was the scope of your project? What are you looking at? So what I looked at is um, how being ranked in the top 10 recruiting classes what that leads to in your production when the kids in those classes are juniors. When I started the project, I looked at them when they were freshmen, and I was like, that doesn't make sense because a lot of them aren't going to make an impact right away. And so I redid the project and started to look at, you know, if there was a, a class from 2012, how did that team perform in conference play in 2014? And we just wanted to see if, like, those teams win more than the teams that aren't ranked in the top 10 recruiting classes that are also Power 5 teams. So you're basically looking at, the, is there a correlation between your recruiting class and sort of the window two years later in conference play because you're going to play quality competition, not what are they doing against, you yeah, know... Bowling Green yeah, Montana or something So like what is that? What is the top recruiting class is doing in their junior and senior seasons? And football's great for that because you don't get guys that are in droves leaving early like the NBA. Um, so you get a chance to look at that window. Um, did you have a sense going in of what you thought it might be before you started looking at anything? Yeah, I mean, I, we all know that Alabama and Clemson are pretty much always in the top 10 for recruiting classes, and they like trade off on the national championship every year. So I expected that the top 10 recruiting classes teams would win a lot more of their games than, than the other teams. All right, so what did you find out when it, when it comes to the top 10 recruiters in college football? What happens? So over a five-year span from the 2014 to the 2018 season, the top 10 recruiting class teams won 70% of their games, and non-top 10 recruiting class teams that were also Power 5 only won like 46-47% of their games. Wow, so if you are a top 10 recruiter, you should expect to be 7 700 winning percentage or better in conference play. Yeah, and I also noticed that like in the last like five years was pretty much when it happened that USC kind of brought that number down. because Really? 
because they, I mean, they haven't had that much success over the last couple of years in conference play. Like they've been about 500 or so. And so they brought it down. So without USC, the number would probably be even higher. That's really interesting that USC is kind of the anchor of the of the top ten recruiters. And 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 uh, I think you know you talked to Dave Bartu a little bit, and I think he talks about sort of the triangle of the two offense, the offensive and defensive coordinator, and the head coach. And then he looks at recruiting class, and you see that sometimes bad coaching can drag down a recruiting class. Like yeah. you'd be a great recruiter, but not a good head coach. Yeah, that was really interesting to talk to uh, Dave about all this stuff. He said that like it was great what I did and that like looking back on like what happened in the last five years is good, but that's also good to try to uh, see how you can use this information to predict the future on like what's going to happen the next season, how you can work with like betting and stuff, which is kind of what he does, which I found really interesting. I think it's interesting too if you look at Oregon because Oregon's going to be among the haves in that recruiting world. Um, are we saying that we can project that Oregon will win seventy percent of their games two years from now or three years from now when Mario Cristobal's Top recruiting classes are maturing. Yeah, I believe so for sure. I also think if I were to redo the project, that it be, might be better to include more than just ten teams per year because, like, the tenth and eleventh recruiting classes, they're not that big of a difference. Maybe to do like the top twenty or at least top fifteen would uh, also make the results a little better. We're talking to intern Jack, uh, who is essentially Rain Man. He has uh, been assigned a project. He's looking at recruiting classes and the correlation between success. You also looked at NFL draft picks relative to recruits like what were you looking at there in particular we're looking at programs that were top 10 recruiting programs or just individuals uh yeah i was looking at the pretty much the same list of the top 10 recruiting classes and those teams and like seeing so if it's 2012 recruiting class then i look at the 2014 conference play and i look at the 2015 nfl draft to see how many picks are produced by the um, top 10 recruiting class teams and it is significantly higher than if you were not a top 10 recruiting class like Clemson, Alabama obviously put out more uh, NFL draft picks than than like Vanderbilt, who's mm-hmm. also in the SEC. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, what did you find like uh, like numbers wise? Uh, if you're a top ten program, how many NFL picks are you producing? So the average picks uh, per team for each year was 5.74 from teams that were top ten recruiting class teams. So almost six players they're they're producing that are NFL draft picks. Yeah, and then. Teams that are not in the top 10 recruiting classes, they only produce 2.39 wow. picks per team. So if you're outside the top 10, you are uh, less than half of uh, you know the NFL draft pick. So you know, a Pac-12 program like Oregon State producing about two, two to three players uh, in that in that world, and you obviously have 5.74. So there is a correlation there. I hate the star system in recruiting. I hate it because I feel like sometimes. When Alabama recruits a kid, you know, maybe he's a three or four star kid somewhere else, suddenly he becomes a four or five because all the recruiting people sort of shuffle around and go, oh, Alabama's recruiting him. He must be better. So I think that there's some bias that is inherent in it, but you can't argue with the results. And then you look at a team like the New England Patriots who go to the Super Bowl and they have um, all these guys who weren't drafted. Yeah. And that's a whole other study. Yeah. Um, I kind of glanced at that for a little bit, and pretty much the only, like, their defense of the side of the ball is really the only side that they have a lot of those good players from big schools. Also, the running back, Sonny Michelle, was from a top 10 recruiting class. That's It's interesting. So they're getting by, they're going on the cheap on the offensive side of the ball with yeah. undrafted players. They want smarter players rather than the big, skilled, top-name guys. There's something in that, too, because if you're paying Tom Brady $18 million a year, or you're paying, if you're the Seahawks and you're 
you know, you're forking out all that money for Russell Wilson, you better save money somewhere. Yeah. And so they're looking, they're not going to do it on the defensive side of the ball where they have, uh, that's helps, that helps you win games. Um, all right, man, this is really good stuff. I appreciate that. This is like your master's thesis or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I think this is good stuff. Take and, it like two more steps and yeah. then you, you got a master's out of this. Yeah. All right. Intern Jack, thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Leave it here. You got the bald face truth.